Okay. Uh, welcome to the Jack Michelle Hour. Uh, today is the what day is it? It's July thirtieth. Uh, last beautiful, beautiful days of July. Hopefully, it won't be as hot as in August. Uh, as it won't be as hot in August. Um, you'll notice that the audio quality of this is getting better. Uh, eventually, we'll get rid of even that little buzz in the background. Uh, that's currently the sponsor for the show. So. Uh, we can't get it right now. We're on a shoestring budget, and uh, that is our advertiser. It's actually Geico uh, just being repeated uh, in a very small sound uh, on loop uh, for an hour. So, And by the end, uh, you'll be thinking about your car insurance or purchasing a Gecko. I'm not sure which at this point. <laughs> um, so... Uh, it's Jack Michelle Hour. Welcome back. Episode 2. You know it. Uh, July 30th. This is amusing. Uh, until it isn't. Uh, we're just going to keep going. I uh, was... What, what did I... Oh, I was talking with someone this weekend. And, uh, you know, I had a, a really fun weekend. I uh, went and caught up uh, with a friend. I went and saw 8th Grade, uh, which was uh, such a good movie. Uh, it made me uh, cry at certain points. I had to hide my face. Uh, I felt like the protagonist. Uh, just so funny and so warm. And scary and creepy and just all these good things. Uh, it was just so well made, uh, so creative, and I'm just going to keep gushing about it. Go see it. Uh, but it was funny. I was hanging out afterwards on the corner um, with friends, and uh, and someone who I, I was uh, sort of like debating whether I would date uh, passed by, and uh, I'm not dating right now. And so it was so awkward uh, because it was like this entire discussion of like, a, do you play it cool uh, in that situation? You know, and be like, well, you know, you're on a date, and I'm going to go hang out and make a big show of myself. Or do you just, you know, hang out like you were as a person? I just ended up talking with my friends more. But I was like, oh, no, the cool Tom Cruise thing would have been to join Scientology and hide being gay. Uh, so, you know, what would have Tom Cruise have done? He, Yeah, he, he probably would have. Uh, someone would ask him if he's gay, and then he would jump off a building uh, with a bungee cord and be like, look, no stunt double. And uh, just totally deflect. But yeah, no, no, I mean, you know, this is the entire, like, uh, should I be cool? Or should I just, you know, be myself? Um, you know, as if they're <laughs> as if they're mutually exclusive. Because uh, they are, I guess, a lot of the time. Should I be myself or should I be good? <laughs> just like, when you put the question that way, it's like, ooh, wow. Well, you know, maybe don't date. Maybe, maybe just, uh, maybe just go take a nap. Uh, or, or go to a mirror and tell yourself affirmations or something. Uh, it's just, you know, it was like one of those situations where, you know, like someone comes by and they are on a date and you're like, I wanted to date you. And it's like, should I put on a show and be like, hey, here's what you're missing out on. Me with three other gentlemen, see? And we're watching a movie alone. No dames. All of lie alone's them. It's a real stag movie. By the way, we're seeing Eighth Grade. Eighth Grade, a movie about a 13-year-old girl. And one of us here is a father. And we're going to talk about what it must be like to raise children. See, that's the kind of cool shit I do. When you're not looking, my dear. Uh, that's <laughs> Thank you. That is a jazzed up Vincent Price. <laughs> Apparently also high on cocaine. Yes, I like to, um, I like to tell scary stories to children. But uh, after I'm done, I like to get out the white. Go snort it up with a U.S. dollar bill. Don't use anything less than a, you know, uh, anything less than a um, Andrew Jackson. Uh, you know, soon to be, uh, uh, I forget what her name is, a, a Negro artist. And, uh, you know, a Negro spy. Uh, should be on the $20 bill sometime soon. You know, I, I'm not opposed to snorting my cocaine out of a, a $20 bill uh, with an African-American woman on it either. Uh, that is fine with me. Uh, but anyway, so yes, like I said, I, I speak a lot more slowly when I am telling scary stories to children. Because my name is Vincent Price, and I speak like this, don't I, radio listener? I'm going to tell you a story about an apartment... That was not haunted with ghost. That was not haunted with demons. But was haunted with bedbugs. 
It is my story, indirectly, because my friend had bedbugs in his apartment, and now he is sleeping on my couch. And that means I don't get to watch Netflix when I want to. That is the horrific part of this story. <laughs> but Vincent Price, yes, after I'm done with horror stories like that and uh, and David has moved out of my uh, off my couch and back into his own uh, chambers, I uh, like to uh, like to get out my cocaine and uh, I like to snort it and uh, and then my voice goes up and then I you know I'm actually quite cheery I'm the life of the party really and uh you know no more scary stories uh, just just uh you know just just enthusiasm for things like surfing really and 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 weightlifting and yoga you know that's 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 what I like to talk about uh you know when I'm off the clock and uh, you know high on high on drugs um but I don't how the why that this was not how things were meant to go. I don't even know why I started thinking of Vincent Price. Uh, I have no idea. I can't. I can't remember. Anyways, yes, Vincent Price uh, is. Yeah, I, I have no idea why I was thinking of him. Uh, but I'm not going to play back the tape because uh, you, uh, the listening audience, do not deserve better. Uh, <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, it's so sweet of you to join me uh, for this. <laughs> for this. whatever. What is this? I'm not sure. We're not sure yet. Uh, oh, I was talking about being... Okay, now I remember I was talking about hanging out on... <laughs> hanging out on the sidewalk and, and seeing someone who uh, like asked me out on a date and I said no and that I wasn't dating. And then I... Uh, was hanging out with a bunch of guys because uh, that's where I'm at in my life. You know, I got it like that, not dating and uh, unable to date. Got it like that. Yeah. Hell yeah. And uh, and so this person walks by and she's on a date with someone else. And uh, and then I'm sort of debating about how to play it and whether I should like, you know, like be like, yeah, you know, hey, we're having such a good time over here and you're missing out. Or if I should just be like, eh, it's just like a church mouse and be like, well, you know, like we're having a good time and it's uh, it's really nice to see you. Uh, you're looking awfully tall as well as uh, the gentleman next to you. Now, I'm six one, by the way, but still, you know, being like, oh, you're awfully tall and oh, we are similar heights and uh, this might be nice. Um, but I'm here with these three guys and, you know, that entire debate about. Like I said, like, you know, if you see someone that, you know, you, you think is attractive and then uh, they walk by you uh, and, you know, they're on a date, it's sort of like, uh, do you make a thing of it or do you just just treat it like it's normal and just go, hey, what's going on? Uh, in other words, do you try to ingratiate yourself or do you just like treat it like it's a night and you just saw someone who you know, uh, but you're not, you know, like overly effusive. You're just more focused on, on hanging out with your friends. Um, I chose the latter. I don't know. It was nice, uh, you know, and just and we really. It was just oh, that's how I started talking about Vincent Price. Yeah, it was just the th- the four of us were just sitting there and just talking about like having kids and like like man, it must be scary. And oh my god, like I remember I uh, went to the I went to the UK and because uh, uh, I got it like that. I'm gonna keep saying that. That's my catchphrase because I got it like that. And <laughs> that's my catchphrase. Uh, is this is that's my catch my catch phrase? I'm my my grip. The more I use slang terms, I think my grip on the English language is just going to start falling apart. It's going to be fialing apart, uh, and I'm just going to be making up words and distorting them like a metal worker. Uh, anyways, so yeah, I, you know, it was just it was just like one of those things. Like, hey, great to see you. I really hope that this thing doesn't work out. So maybe I'll have a chance once I. Get out of my sabbatical on romance. Um, I really, I really wish you poorly. <laughs> no, no. I mean, whatever. It's, uh, it's all part of you know a plan. So, uh, to be alone forever. Uh, it's funny. I don't really uh, worry about being alone. Maybe that's like a guy thing. I don't. I don't know. Um, 
it's more like you're worried about like missing out on hanging out with somebody. But like under no, it's funny because it's like, oh my god, that person's going out with someone else, and it's like, oh, I might miss out on them. But like, I don't really have this notion that I'm gonna like that person is like someone who I meant to be with forever. Because I realized uh, somewhere in my thirties that I realized that the notion of wanting to be with someone. Uh, uh, meeting them a few times and gauging whether I want to be with them forever is a little bit crazy. Uh, it probably takes at least more than a few times hanging out with them. So it's not even a question. In other words, I can meet someone now, and it's not. I'm not asking myself the question of whether I want to hang out with them forever. I'm trying to figure out whether I just want to hang out with them again. Uh, so, you know, I see this person, and I'm, I'm not going to make the assumption uh, that we are going, you know, like that I'm missing out on something. Because... I don't know what I'm missing out on. I might be missing out on like two dates and then not running out of things to talk with them about, you know, uh, I'm not going to be like, Oh, she would have had my baby except they went and saw three identical strangers. Uh, I'm just not going to do that. I used to do that because I used to be a romantic. I don't know, a little distorted, a little naive, uh, consuming messages fed by society, uh, about love. And now I'm just like, oh, you know, Hey, you meet someone, you just keep going out with them and, uh, and then if you, you know, like marriage is just keep, you just keep going out with somebody like for, for a while. Like being like, this is, this is really, I'd like to keep doing this, but let's bring children in. That's, that's what marriage sounds like. Uh, a wonderful institution. And I'd like to try it sometime. You know, I, I really was suspicious of the opera and then I went and I was like, this is a good institution. I enjoy this. I will come again. And uh, I think that's how I think that's, a, that's that's how people feel about uh, Red Lobster. Um, that's also how divorcees feel, I think. Anyways, uh, back to what we were talking about. Uh, yeah, so I, yeah, I ran into the person, and uh, but yeah, so so you're just looking at it, and you're just like, oh well, I mean, no, I I don't really am not like too torn up, but I also don't know you, so. I, I will talk with my friends. You know, I might even jump into one of their arms and yell stranger danger. Um, I don't know. We'll get into may, Maybe we'll get into, into talking about, like, dating or not dating at some point later. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but, uh, or, or the entire extremely complicated cryptic backstory around that. Uh, but anyways, yeah, that movie was excellent. Eighth grade was awesome. And uh, it was not awesome in real life. But I would say it was awesome to see. It was awesome to see someone experience eighth grade. I think in eighth grade I got into three fights in the first three weeks. I went off to uh, uh, I was sent away to boarding school uh, because I was getting into so many fights. And then in the first three weeks I got into three fights. Uh, I remember them very specifically. One of them, uh, there was a Spaniard, and he called me some kind of, like, ethnic slur for black people. And so I pushed him to the ground and then took a chair and put the chair over his chest. None of the none of the legs of the chair were, like, on his chest. They were just on the sides of him. And then I just sat in the chair, I think, and I read uh, – I probably was reading The Red Badge of Courage at that time, or The Good Earth by Pearl S. Buck. I remember that book very distinctly. So it was, it was either Red Badge of Courage or The Good Earth. And I sat there on the chair, which was over him, and he couldn't get up. And he kept kicking around. And I would just, uh, you know, whenever he, you know, tried to get up, I would just hit him a little bit and, until he continued to lay down. But I felt like he deserved it because, you know, he was just calling me like a, a moor or something like, you know, like moors, like, like, a, like a North African. Like, I mean, I'm a big fan of the play Othello, but I, I felt like it was sort of a weird way to meet someone you were in a dorm with for him to be uh, using ethnic slurs towards me. So that was one of them that I got in trouble for. Uh, the other one, I uh, got in trouble with a kid, this Russian kid. We were just talking smack back and forth. Uh, he was sort of famed for, I guess, having a drawer full of knives uh, in the dorm room. This was a very, very interesting school. Uh, and... <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Uh, but he just had this amazing, extensive collection of knives. Um, and I don't. I think he literally went downtown and just bought new knives every week. And just, I have new knife. 
hey, what are you doing this week? Uh, I forget what his name was. Maybe like Andre. I think his name was Andre. It's like, what, what are you doing this week? I go downtown and I buy another knife. And uh, I buy a knife and I bring it back here. Uh, which was just weird. I never saw this drawer of knives. But everyone talked about it as a PSA to say, don't fuck with Andre. Uh, and I just couldn't resist fucking with Andre because he was an asshole. And just a head full of steam. And uh, and so there was just, we just kept getting into fights. And I remember this one time, he did, he did like, he, we were arguing in the hallway and getting ready to fight, to have a fist fight. And he did a like a kick he did like a crane kick he did the crane kick from <laughs> from the karate kid he did the crane kick from the karate kid but it did not work because i was standing probably about i was standing about uh probably about five feet i was standing probably about seven feet away from him <laughs> but he just did the kick and i was like okay well we're ready to go as soon as he lands from this kick like Let's go in, you know, a right hand. I don't know. Uh, is it going to be a straight? Is it going to be a hook? Um, I've never taken a boxing class. I just know how to throw my fists at people. So uh, whatever it's going to be is what's going to be. And uh, and then literally the moment he landed from the kick, I think maybe even in midair, uh, a teacher came by and was like, what? Stop right now. Both of you, Dean of Students office. And, uh, and we went, <laughs> went to the Dean of Students. And uh, so that was my second fight. Keep in mind, I, I got reported for for sitting on the Spaniard for calling me a moor, and uh, and then got into this fight with this Russian kid, and then this British kid, I think, just said something you know a little bit colorful that I didn't like, and so I uh, I already had my jacket off because it was a fall day, um, you know, but I wanted to be prepared, so I had layers. My mom taught me well before she sent me off to boarding school for getting into too many fights in public school. Good woman, trying to do the best she can. <laughs> So, of course, I have layers, which was very uh, responsible of me. The irresponsible part was uh, because I had the other layer of the jacket but currently had it off, I used it uh, to whip the kid. So I used my jacket as, like, a whip to, like, hit the kid. And uh, and the uh, and the little bit of the zipper, the metal on the zipper, like that little thing that, like, pulls the teeth together on your zipper um that hit him on the forehead and it cut his forehead open and he started crying so that was the third reason i got uh in trouble and so eighth grade was super interesting for me that was was a wonderful time and um that was a that was a glorious time in my life uh i didn't feel quite as unhappy as that girl did in uh, in eighth grade, then maybe not to have spoilers. Uh, I wasn't so much concerned about friends as I was concerned about having people that I could fight. Uh, and I wanted to create trouble. And I wanted to... I don't know. I wanted to bash someone's head in. So that was my eighth grade experience. I'm not sure which one it was better or worse. I mean, I certainly I got to like see some interesting things in boarding school, but yeah, I remember. Yeah, eighth grade generally a hard time, a hard a hard time. I uh, I think the highlight of eighth grade was probably reading, uh, was reading Ender's Game, <laughs> and listening to the Soundgarden CD Super Unknown. Uh, so those were my two highlights. Uh, the the lowlights were probably were probably those three fights. Neither of them needed. None of them need to happen. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is eighth grade is complicated, and uh, and the movie really captures all of those emotions and feelings. I think quite well, uh, in a really beautiful way. Um, and God, I got terrible grades in eighth grade. Ugh, I was just ugh. I didn't give a shit about anything. I think except the red badge of courage and uh in that in the good earth. I do remember those books. I don't even think I I don't think I even ended up ever completing those books. I think I just was in English class and I just I just might have lied about what was in those books cuz actually now that I think about it, I I don't remember reading either of them. But I do remember being in class and us discussing it. 
So I probably didn't do that great of a job in school. Anyways, uh, you know, a father figure was pretty important in that movie, and uh, I neither of my parents were around, so that was interesting as well to like reflect on that. It was just like a lot of emotion, but also just like realizing how scary it is uh, for kids. And I have a daughter. Oh my god, the the guy in uh, my friend group has a daughter, and we just were talking about like how scary all this stuff is, all this stuff about images and fitting in and just you know and just all of that nonsense. It's just so hard. It's just it's just crazy. Um, so many images that she feels like she has to live up to, you know, like, you know, she's starting a YouTube channel and she wants people to watch and she wants to be connected and she's mimicking things other people do. It's just, it's so like sweet and heartbreaking and just fucking hard. And then there's like older boys who are like predators. Oh God. It's so good. It's such a good movie. And yeah, just different. Just different. I think. I think my hang-up was that I didn't have. I was going to a boarding school, and uh, my parents can't put the money. Uh, but they didn't. They didn't pay for it out of pocket. They were able to get. Uh, like you know, like basically, like, I was able to get like a scholarship for it, and um, and the other kids were just super rich, and that was an issue. And that and that that's an issue that comes through, uh, in the movie. Just like, oh, I'm not the rich kid. I'm not the pretty kid. Um. I'm not, I don't have any particular talent. Um, and just, just how fucking hard that can feel. Ugh. God. It was so good. Uh, I mean, I don't want to speak for the other guys, so, so, but, but yeah, I mean, it was just, it was also just like fun for a bunch of guys to be sitting there and just talking about all this stuff. Um. God, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just fucking cool. It was great. And uh, just and then and then and then of course to see someone who's going on a date that you're that asked you out and you declined and you're like I could have been that guy but then I wouldn't have seen eighth grade so you know in the end it's actually all for the best because I would have definitely I mean I'm sure I'm sure three identical strangers or whatever is good but but my God um, what you call is 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 really is really amazing that th- I, I don't know the plot of that. I keep telling people that I don't know. The, the, I don't want to know the plot of three identical strangers because all the, uh, all the, the reviews of the movie say, don't learn anything about the plot before you go see it. Uh, and so I'm not going to, uh, and so the second that the girl who asked me out, like said that they, that started talking about the plot. I just, I just, uh, just put on earmuffs and started dancing around, which I think was for the best for on multiple levels. Um, anyway, so that was, God, that was, that was Friday on, on Saturday. I went and saw a concert, uh, I went down to, to Chinatown and it's always funny to go to Chinatown cause it is, uh, a, um, it's like, it's like really authentically like a Chinatown, like, like people hang out there and they buy their shit there and I'm half Vietnamese and it's like when I want to get some Vietnamese goodies, I go down there and go to the stores, you know, obviously if I want like the real legit stuff, I gotta go all the way to Orange County, I'm not going to do that. So I'm just going to settle for Chinatown like uh, the rest of the white people in this place. And, uh, you know, eating pho in Chinatown should be illegal. And at least the health inspector should be like, you can't serve this here. That's um, that's that's unethical. Uh, this food's tainted. And then the owner of the store would be like, look, no, we comply with all the health standards. And the the health inspector would be like, no, you, you can't serve Vietnamese food in Chinatown. That's that's wrong. Um, it's just it's just. It, it it should violate some kind of law. There should be some kind of law that makes that not possible, or at least uh, you know you should have to bribe someone to be able to do that. Anyways, so it's there, and it's just you know it's always interesting to go to Chinatown because it's like it's this area where there are like these random hipster events that I go for. I also go when I am missing home and missing family, and so I go down there and just like have a soup or have some duck. Uh, or have some orange chicken. Well, not orange chicken, because I mean that's that's some white people shit. I mean, let's be honest. But um, you know, if I want some bro- some like some some chicken with broccoli, uh, that is where I go. But then yeah, you go down there for like these hipster events, and uh, everyone's got you know like cut off jeans, and like a, a funky mustache, and. And especially because it's like a night, you know, it's like this Chinatown Summer Nights, KCRW, NPR. It's like an NPR-ass crowd because uh, the local NPR affiliate uh, 
was hosting a big party down there. <laughs> and I listen. Look, I, I listen to that shit. Uh, you know, NPR. I got it. It's good. Uh, but yeah, just to go down there and listen to a band was good. It was funny. There was it was amazing. The uh, this uh, so I went and to hang out with a friend who has a friend who reps an artist down there, uh, show business, and uh, just went and saw the person perform, and it was it was cool. It was uh, it was pleasant. And then uh, what else happened? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just it was a difficult thing because I came down there and I just started talking with my friend while the concert was going on. And I felt torn about it because I was like, I haven't seen this guy in like two years, so I really want to talk with him. But this concert's going on, and so I don't know. Felt maybe uh, maybe it was a little rude, but I just was like, I have so many things I want to say to you, and you have so many things you want to say to me, and uh, and there's music in the background. Perfect. It's like we're at a bar. Uh, except the Spotify is, this is the Spotify's big break. So, um, that's a little awkward. I, uh, we went and talked uh, for a bit. And then after them, after La Luma uh, went on, uh, which was the artist, uh, that we went there down there to see, uh, this other group came on and, oh my God, like I just had so much, uh, like prejudice cause it was this white guy with cornrows and he had like some green stuff in weaved in his cornrows, or his, his hair was dyed green, and he, and he put it in cornrows. I don't know what the fuck it was, but I just had like so much hatred for this guy. Like I was just like, this is gonna be this this is gonna be like if you ever saw Spring Breakers, it's gonna be like that. It's it you know it's gonna be like this this like white guy being like, hey y'all, I'm here to sing some rap songs, y'all. Hey. Yeah, you know how we do it in the South. You know that that like that weird, that weird just like totally trashy white rapper voice. Hey y'all, you know how we do it. You know I'm crazy y'all. Like that, you know, like just that. I don't know that like that white trash rapper aesthetic. Um, but then he started singing and he was good and he just had so much soul and so much love coming out and. You know, and both him and and the, and the other singer who you know didn't I, I didn't latch so much on to like her. I mean, she had a look that was also a positively Coachella, so no worries. Uh, it was it was like they they could be performing like if they were invited to perform at Coachella, I think they'd be like, yeah, great, we're already dressed like we're gonna go. That's how they looked. It was just like like he had like on like this bright day glow socks and like orange sneakers and you know green in his fucking cornrows and he had on hunter s thompson those those big ass glasses um that are like also like tinted with that slight yellow you know like we're back in fucking vietnam or you know like the the john goodman war in the big lebowski like that kind of look and i was just like ugh, i just this is gonna be bad and then the music was wonderful it was wonderful. They were they had such they had energy with one another. They performed for the crowd. Uh, <laughs> I know they performed for the crowd. That's I know shocking uh, that they performed for the crowd. Musicians perform for the crowd. Breaking news. <laughs> also breaking news. Jack is good with words. Uh, so <laughs> okay, that's stupid. Yeah, uh, I mean. Yeah, they perform for the crowd. No, but like, you know, like they perform for the crowd, but they also perform for the, the best performance. They performed for one another. You you felt a connection between them. I remember the most I ever felt this was I went one time during uh, Austin City Limits. I, I saw, uh, what's the name of that group? I saw the group. Oh, I saw Sylvan Esso. And no one really knew who they were at the time like they were on one of those lineups one of those like south by southwest showcases where there's like six bands on in about uh 45 minutes (laughs) and each band gets half a song (laughs) and uh and then you just you know and you just keep drinking that's that you're you're just you're sitting there you got a wristband on you feel like a big deal and you actually more concerned about how you appear to other people than than any sense of how this artist appears you know it's like a crowded showcase room fucking everyone's just trying to fuck everything and everybody and uh i think i was actually making some pretty good overtures on a plant when (laughs) when sylvan esso came on it was a really nice fern uh and we were just we were really feeling each other i thought maybe i'd bring it home put it in the corner uh could brighten up my room uh also you know they would give something you know like you know maybe like there'd be like uh, a spider in there that could like 
eat some of the, like any kind of like like insects or any kind of like flies in my apartment. It would just take care of that entirely. You know, I was just making moves on these on this fern. I was like, hey fern, what's up? I was petting it, just looking to its eyes. That's what I was concerned about. And uh like literally, you know what I'm talking about. Like it's one of those festivals. It's like going into debate camp. I feel like Austin City Limits is an adult version of debate camp or model UN where like all Pakistan is trying to do is fuck India, you know? And uh I'm not talking with the bomb, y'all. I'm talking with the missile. And uh you know, and and the security council, they're all just like blushing at each other. Uh you know, China, France, no, what China, France, England, Germany, Russia, the U.S. They're they're all they're just all immensely attracted to each other's burgeoning sexuality and even more burgeoning uh, pimples. Just just positively, like life is just bursting from them and leaving scars, because that's what it's like to be thirteen year old, a thirteen year old be in eighth grade again we come back to eighth grade um fighting love chaos negotiation model un or just a regular week uh at thomas jefferson high school or middle school uh anyways uh like yeah so i saw sylvan so okay i'm jumping around get back focus let's focus let's focus let's focus 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 La 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 la. Okay. So I'm still new to this. It's just too exciting for my brain to just go in any which direction right now. It just feels too fun. Uh so Sylvan Esso uh was just amazing. So I'm talking to this fern, I'm brushing this fern, I'm saying like, hey, you look good, fern. And the fern is just like very quiet and silent, which I take as like a, a good sort of sign because it's like the, the fern's just like Ah, oh, fern's into it, you know, and uh, the fern is just, you know, just hanging out. And I'm like, hey, this is good. And so I'm trying to bring it back home. But then Sylvan Esso comes on. You know, it's been like one band or another two bands. And I was like, you know, after the first band, you're like, you get in there. A friend let me into the show, got me into the show. And uh, and uh, because I didn't have a Southwest, Southwest badge, but he knew the bartender. So we were able to get in. And we were just hanging out in there. and uh, And we're just looking... You know, like, so you get in there and you're excited, right? And so you're excited to see music uh, and you think these showcases are a big deal. So you see the first band and you're like, oh, that band was okay. But, um, you know, they were just like, okay. And it's like, oh, wow. Like, I was totally building it up for myself that coming in here would be amazing. And then I'm here and it's all right, but it's not, you know, mind blowing or anything. So you just sort of disregard it and you're like, okay, well, let me get back to just like talking with people. And like I said, just trying to like, you know, just find somebody. Because, uh, you know, life is lonely. And uh, and you just don't you don't want to end up like, you know, just sitting around talking with guys uh, about, you know, raising daughters. And so I'm just sitting there and talking with my friend and trying to get some girl's number. And then the uh, like, Sylvanesto just starts playing. I don't even know who they are. I just like I'm like, oh, this band is playing. I don't I don't know that they're Sylvanesto at the time, but they just have this energy between each other. Where it's almost like you get the sense. I remember even that night being like, it's like these motherfuckers are like hanging out in their living room and just making music. That's what it felt like to watch them. It felt like like just like people hanging out in their living room making music. It didn't, you know, everyone else was going on stage and it felt like they were trying to perform. They were trying to impress you. This is what I mean about performing for the audience. Like, they were trying to put on a show or they were trying to, like, draw your attention in. And I remember hearing Sylvanesso and, like, literally, like, looking at someone else and then turning my head 90 degrees towards the stage because that's how disengaged I was from music at that point in the night. And I was totally engaged in whiskey and this fern um, and uh, maybe starting a family that night. And uh, so I turn and I see Sylvanesso and... There's just this, like, I'm just, I don't even turn, I don't see Sylvanesso, I just turn and, like, start following this noise that sounds really good. And what I see on stage are two people who very clearly have been on the road. You know, everyone else came out in these, like, nice costumes. People look like fucking Rick James, 
you know, just like just embroidered, flowy stuff. They were definitely trying to project an image. I mean, I think she went out on stage, the singer in Sylvanessa, I think she went out on stage in like moccasins and like shorts and a t-shirt. A fucking t-shirt. A t-shirt at South by Southwest Showcase. And the dude came out in jeans, you know, a t-shirt. I mean, you would have thought he he looked like... She looked like she was just like ready to, to spend the rest of the evening knitting. And he looked like you would ask him where Harry Potter is in the Barnes & Noble. <laughs> like he just, you know, he just had that sort of like that look. Friendly, but you know, like, you know, definitely not any kind of like rocker special look. And uh, and they just had so much fucking chemistry with one another. My God, like, the, and, and they were just like, it was like he was playing, it felt like, I was like, where is this band from? Who are they? I immediately was like, who the who the fuck are they? Who are these people? What the fuck is their deal? They are so, everything about, just totally drawn in. I want to know everything about these people. Because they're not wearing, like, fancy, frilly stuff. There's no sense that they're putting on hairs. They are making fucking music. This guy is on his knobs, you know, twisting them, playing the tracks. She's jumping around, dancing. And she's not even really looking at the crowd. She's not performing for the She's looking at this guy. She's looking at the producer. And the producer is just looking at them. And you're, everyone in the room is staring at them. Everyone is staring at them. It is crazy. And you're, just, you're like, you're like, are they making the music right now? Because she is so excited. She's so excited to be there. And he is so excited to be in connection with her. And when I say there, I don't mean at South by Southwest. She's excited to be there, like there, like with him. And he's excited to be there with her. And it was just, ugh, it was just crazy. Just so much energy. I I really thought I was like maybe maybe he's giving her beats that that she doesn't know because she is ecstatic and just so much presence. I I mean I don't know like oftentimes are great like as a performer I think like oh how do, how do I stand out or like or what is it like you know you think like oh my god it must be so hard in music or it must be so hard in stand up and it's because people are like there's just so many people. But, like, in that night, there was, like, no – I, I don't know what it was. It was the quality of their music, their presence, um, their relationship with each other, their relationship with the music, the way they performed. Everything felt I, – I, I mean, like, again, I didn't know they were going to go on to become, like, this super successful band. They're, they're playing the Greek this year. It's like a 5,000-seater. And – but the, the energy, like, you know, it's just – it, like in other words, what I'm trying to say is like it was no competition. There was, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny because it's like that's like the most magical thing you can say as like a performer because it's like no, 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 no. Like cream rises to the top, but also of course it's sad because it means like I saw like probably like five other bands that night, and uh, you know the other five bands just didn't didn't make nearly the mental dent that this band did. So it's, you know, it's sort of this story of like, man, like the cream rises at the top. You can just feel how good it is. You can just like fucking feel it. And, uh, but then on the other hand, uh, you know, the other bands didn't just did, didn't, did not stand out, but it was just, it was just insane. That energy. So the band that I saw on Saturday did not have that much energy. It wasn't. It wasn't quite. They were maybe a little bit more of a show, but also I can't really compare them because I think you know there's a part of me that looks at that and goes, "Man, why don't more bands? Why aren't more bands like Sylvanesso? You know, at, when they go to a showcase like that." But I, I don't. I don't even really think the point is that other bands should be like Sylvanesso. It's just it was like they were being themselves, as fucking cheesy and as I don't know, like, like as fucking new agey or Oprah y uh, as that is. Um, or like you know, art, 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 pretentious as that is. Like it, it, they just, they just, they just like got each other, and it was just cool. Um, I don't know. Uh, you just turned and you wanted to know everything about them, and you, I just, I just was like, who are these people? And the fern left with another man, actually, <laughs> that night. 
<laughs> when I turned back, the fern was gone. And uh, and I went home alone that night by myself. But that was okay uh, because I had seen Sylvan. <laughs> so, uh, someone else, someone else had taken taken. The fern. I really, I saw a future with that fern. And uh, and no future, no future with the fern. Just. I went back home. No more. No plants in my place. No plants. It was sad. <laughs> I'll tell you why I'm not. And that, and that my friends, is a story of why I haven't been dating. <laughs> Which brings it back to seeing this girl. I just, yeah, I just, I couldn't. You know, I had to. I had to tell her, look, man, uh, look, w- look, woman. I um, I call everyone, man. Um, look, man, I, uh, I, I can't, I went and saw, <laughs> I was really connecting, uh, with this fern. I thought I was going to take it home and fuck it. And, uh, and I couldn't because I was distracted by Sylvan Esso at their breakout South by Southwest show that turned everyone's heads. And by the time my head had turned back, that fern was long gone. And that's why <laughs> I can't be intimate with anybody. Oh my god. What the hell am I talking about? <laughs> um uh anyways, yeah. So that was just that was cool. Uh but it was interesting to see that band. They had they had a little bit of that. You wonder how much they have of it. They were a little bit more of a spectacle, but again, maybe that's them. I mean, I mean, sh- should a man who has green in his a white boy who has green in his cornrows and day glow socks on really not be trying to make a show of himself. Maybe that's his manifestation of the Buddha. Who am I to judge? Who am I to judge? I'm a fucking audience member. That's for what. And I judge it as wonderful. Uh, so yeah, that w- that was cool. That was cool. Uh, and then I went to a friend's art show. He's been like painting these fronds. He's painting. So he had a little art show uh at his place where he uh displayed all these different works of uh like uh palm fronds that have fallen from palm trees as you can imagine that they come from uh i mean he doesn't fucking order them on ebay uh but yeah he has these palm fronds and he's painted them almost like african masks and it was just they're just fucking cool they're like beautiful uh, and it was just cool to see his artwork. I just didn't know he was he he, he had it like that, and it was exploring art that way. It was just being so creative, and I was like, "Fuck, this is cool." Um, so it was great. It was great to see him do that, uh, and I was really proud of him. It's just talent, just just talent. You know, it's like talents that you don't even know people have. That's just that's just cool. And uh, keep saying the word cool, and now I feel like I'm in that movie Eighth Grade because they constantly say that. Are you cool? No, I feel so uncool. No, you're totally cool. You're totally cool. You're totally cool. You're great. And, uh, God, that movie. Ugh. It says it's everything. It has everything in it. It's got, like, everything. Definitely one of the best movies. I wouldn't be surprised if it was nominated for an Oscar. Uh, that movie was so good that I, if I was talking to a palm tree at the moment that that movie came on, I would have turned, and if the palm tree wasn't there when I came back, I would have been fine with it. I would have been cool. would have been like, oh, you can't always get them palm trees. Yeah. Anyways, okay. This uh, This is done. Uh, we're gonna keep moving on to other things. Uh, so yeah, I just—I don't know. That was cool. I, I saw that, uh, and then I couldn't go to sleep, and I ended up reading uh, more of. Uh, well, on Saturday, of course, I couldn't go to sleep because I am having insomnia for reasons that will be left out of the show, and uh, and so I just ended up staying up and reading, and I've just been reading this book by uh, Charlie Munger, uh, which is fucking incredible. It's just so good, and. Um, 
It's uh, it's called the Poor Charlie's Almanac, and it's it's uh, based on sort of Ben Franklin's uh, almanac book. Uh, he wrote his own almanac. It was basically like, you know, this is what it means to be diligent and to do your job well, and these are ways to save money and be economical and be able to be financially independent, and here's how you get your hustle on. And it was just, it just had all this cool shit in it. And uh, and so apparently that, so then Charlie Munger, who is uh, Warren Buffett's investment partner, basically made his own uh, version of the book, and I've been reading it, and it's 500 pages, and it's super long, and it has all these ideas in it. Uh, about finance, business, people, psychology, whatever, whatever. And uh, I was about to, before I recorded this podcast, I was in the middle of trying to uh, read the last uh, talk in the book, which is about psychology of misjudgment. Uh, but I realized I want to record this podcast because maybe I'll cover that in a later podcast because it's just, it's just gushing with ideas. Anyways, very cool stuff. Very, very cool. And uh, thank you. Very cool. And... So I read a lot of that last night, and then today, and then on Sunday, I just sort of fucked around. You know, I just, I I made some uh, meetings, and uh, and that's what we'll say about that for now. And then I uh, went and hung out with a friend, and it was just oh, it was just crazy. Um, just talk about like family and all this stuff, uh, which again, maybe uh, you know, I'm just dipping my toe. So mostly, I just want to talk about other things other than myself right now. And uh, we'll see in time whether I start talking about myself. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, what else uh, uh, happened that was uh, really cool? I, I went to West Hollywood, and uh, where everyone appears to be constantly having brunch. I went there on a Tuesday uh, deep in West Hollywood, and uh, people were still just, like, wearing white and, uh, and getting Moses. And it was uh, about 1230. And it just, like, it, were it not for the few people walking by, uh, wearing, you know, like medical badges because Cedar Sinai was nearby. Like it would have just felt like it was, it was like Sunday. Everyone was just chilling and smiling and looking real white, and uh, just all these nice cars and everything. It's just, it's funny. You go over to that part of town, and um, it's just, it's just too, it's just super nice, and just everything is super clean. Uh, where I live is uh, is not as clean. It's a little more dingy and dark. Uh, so, and I'm not talking about the neighborhood, I'm just talking about my apartment, uh, and, because I got it like that. Because <laughs> I got it like that, and, uh, so, that is some, that's, because I got it like that, that's like, that's like some comedy alt-hack crush, uh, alt-hack techniques. Because I got it like that. Because I'm living like that. And uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. It was good. Uh, we, I w- met up with uh, a person who I just met. And uh, we were talking about, like, the beach. I never go out to the beach. Um, I I actually went to the beach. I was, I was down in Orange County uh, for work and shit. And uh, I was down there. And so I decided to go to Huntington Beach. And I went down there and I was like, ah, this is okay. You know, like, this isn't particularly, like, it's a beach. Whatever. Uh, it's cool. Uh, but I realized I do love the sun because basically I went to Huntington beach, you know, it was sort of unremarkable, had sort of a so, so time. Uh, but then, uh, last weekend I was really tired cause again, didn't sleep. And I, um, went to, uh, the, I went to, I went by Ar- Barnesdale art park and I was driving home and I realized, you know, instead of going home and taking a nap, why don't you just go to Barnesdale art park? You have a blanket in your car, uh, just, Lay out that blanket and fall asleep on it in front of the sun. And it was fucking incredible. It was the best experience ever. And I just realized, I was like, oh, I, I pass by Barnesville Art Park every day. Like, literally, almost every day. And I could just go there anytime. I could be sunbathing in the 15 minutes from now if I wanted to. And that, to me, my friends, is what I love about the beach. Uh, I love the sun ocean the spray that's all good but you know it's not uh it's not like i I don't know like i I like the accessibility of things uh more than i I basically you know it was like i got 90 percent of what i'd want to get out of the beach which is a high elevation in barnesdale art park uh so you can't you know you can't really hear a lot of the noises all across the city or if you hear them you hear them very faintly um so you have elevation, you get good sun, you get better air because, again, you're at elevation. Uh, you get nice views. 
uh, and it's quiet. It's just I was like, fuck it, and and I could just park. Like, I should come here every weekend. I should be there right now. I should be doing that po- this podcast from Barnes Dollar Park. That's that's how great it was. Less people. You're not distracted by butts. Uh, it's just you know less people watching. I feel like for me when I'm trying to relax is a good thing. Uh, because otherwise, I'm just going to be out there like staring at people and just being like, "Oh, what are those people about?" or "What's their story?" or "Hey, oh, she's cute." Like, and you're just scanning for people. I like. I think I think the number one reason to probably want to live in Calabasas is just so you don't stare at people. I think the privacy, like my like like my family, like they like to live in like remote ass places. I always thought that was silly and hated it growing up. Um, always made me feel a little crazy. But like, I sort of like the idea of like being private. Not so other people can't look at me, but so I don't look at other people. <laughs> like, like I'm like it's actually just uh, the reason you know someone has like some mountaintop mansion is just so they're not preoccupied with other people, so they just like feel really alone in the moment. Uh, but anyways, it was amazing up there. Uh, good breeze. There was a guy there with a <laughs> you know, what I can only describe as like a shaggy towel. Um, he had this towel that was like shaggy. He had a cooler. He was playing music. He was vaporizing weed. He, uh, you know, just being in his presence. I think he might have been Jesus. Uh, He certainly had the beard and the body. (laughs) He certainly had the beard and the body for it. Uh, But he, uh, but, you know, Jesus did not wear sunglasses. So, uh, you know, who knows? Um, And God, they didn't have sunglasses in those days. So, like, the only thing you could wear was a hat. Sunglasses did not occur to them. You had to wear like a helmet or something that would protrude to cover your face. <laughs> Thankfully, Jesus, he had he had blood covering his eyes from the crown of thorns. I'm gonna I'm I might this might be my last podcast because I might die for saying that. Um I do go to church, respect, respect, but yeah, no. Blood blood will keep some 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 uh, sun out of your eyes. Uh, though you're you might be in a, a pretty bad situation. Um, that was dark. Okay. We're going to keep moving on. Uh, but yeah, Barnes Dollar Park. Great. Go there. Well, actually, shit, I shouldn't be talking about it because now I realize a bunch of motherfuckers are going to show up there, uh, and they're going to ruin my park experience. But then again, I realized no one's listening to this podcast, so no one's going to be there. Ah, I can talk about whatever I love. Speaking of which, I'll see you at the Sylvan Esso show at the Greek Theater then. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, it was just it was just cool to go up there. Like instead of going home and taking a nap and being hot uh, and running my AC, why not just like go up there and just take a nap? And that's precisely what I did, and it was just delightful. It just felt so good to be up there, and I just like looked at the entire city, and you can see everything, and you can feel all the life. And I felt all this love coming out of me for it, for for the city, and and vice versa. And felt all this love, felt cradled. It was um, there were fucking ferns there that I talked to. Uh, I uh, got a few clippings. Uh, the gardener wasn't there, so I stole some plants, brought them back to my place. Now I have Barnesill Park at home. It was uh, just wonderful. Um, but I really liked, yeah, I really liked, I should go, I want to keep going there when this guy's just sitting around just getting high. Because it was just, that That was part of the atmosphere. He was just like playing like this techno music on like a little, like a little beach speaker and just hanging out. And I was like, oh, I listened to his music, falling asleep, being all sweaty, putting suntan lotion on myself because I now know that I might be black, but I'm not immortal. So I gotta wear suntan lotion. It takes so much time to put that on. I don't understand how white productivity can be so high when you need to put suntan lotion on. Suntan lotion takes at least a solid 10 to 15 minutes to do right. I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. And the only reason I even had suntan lotion was because someone left it in my car. From, like, another time we were out at Barnesville Park. Uh, So... That's the only reason I had suntan lotion, but I was like, well, I'm going to be out here for like three hours, so I might as well put it on uh, because hopefully it'll help me keep from dying. And man, it's it it takes time. 
takes so much effort. And it's weird. It's weird to put on suntan lotion, man. It's weird to, like, touch your body in public and, like, rub yourself down in that way. I mean, like, it's perfectly normal uh, if you're used to it. But for me, it was just strange. I was like, maybe I should be doing this in my car? Or, like, you know, with some kind of, like, in a bathroom or some kind of protective covering over me? Like, I'm, I'm not in public. Like, I'm not allowed to touch my nipples, you know? That's that's like a no no. That's that's a no go. Uh, I'm not supposed to do that. Uh, so I felt like we, you know, I just I don't know. It's funny because I've been out naked in public before, but suntan lotion. I mean, that just that feels really intimate. You know, if I'm just like naked, it just means I didn't show up with clothes. I'm not actively doing anything. I'm not like actively being naked. I'm just, I mean, actively being naked. That'd be like like like. You know, being on a bike or going roller skating or playing volleyball or something naked. Now, I I literally was just, you know, just been naked. Just naked handing out candy. That's another story uh, for another time. Um, I ran around uh, co- during college, ran around uh, during finals and uh, ran around naked and just uh, handed candy to other people who were studying for their finals. Uh, and uh, it was a fun experience. And then I realized how weird it is to be exposed that way. Because I remember, like, after finals, I was like, the finals went well. And then after finals, I remember, like, this one time I was walking down the street. And this uh, this girl uh, across the street who was cute, this black girl, was like, hey, hey. And I was like, oh, what's up? What's up? She's like, hey, I saw you naked. And I immediately felt like like I should be embarrassed. Like, I because I had two choices. Like, I could either be embarrassed or I should cross the street and just shake her hand and be like, hey, what's up? And I was like, I'm not about to cross the street and shake this person's hand. That's really weird. Even though she's cute, it's just, it's just weird to be like, but she was like, hey, I saw you naked. I mean, people generally don't yell at you that they saw you naked to shame you. Uh, at least in my personal experience, which is very limited. Uh, people, don't, people don't yell at you to shame you. They, hey, I saw you naked. I saw you naked. Um, they generally, if they're yelling at you that they saw you naked, they, maybe they want to be your friend. You know, they just, they, they just want to chill with you. They just want to know, how can I get naked too? And, you know, the answer is pretty simple, they, but they want to know maybe how to do it in public. So it's just, you know, but it was just, it was weird. Maybe I, I should have gone over there. I should have said, Hey, you know what? This is how you get naked. Yeah, yeah, you saw me naked. That should have been my response. But I was 20, and I was very embarrassed, so I didn't say shit. I just, I just kept it moving. I think I, I think I was on the other sidewalk, and I got closer. I got further away from the street. I was like, yep, yep, just doing my job. You know, like that was <laughs> – I was a real, like, like, John Wayne with that. Just doing my job, ma'am. I just tapped my imaginary hat to her. Um – and kept moving. Because, uh, I, I mean, like, I, I, you know what I think it was? I think I didn't know wh- how she saw me naked, but I knew she had seen me naked. I totally forgot. You know, like, you run around, you hand candy to people during finals, and then, and then you forget that you handed out candy to someone and that you were naked. And they saw your genitalia, and they saw your buttocks. And, uh, and I handed candy and uh this was this was a, this was finals for a high school <laughs> no 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 it was uh, no it was it was finals for college uh and uh that'd be funny if I was a college student I was handing out candy at a high school naked uh that would be a no no one would be like innocent the other one would definitely be guilty uh <laughs> and convicted and uh but but yeah no I think I just I I was I was like where did she see me naked? Because I got busy in college, but I was just like I don't know maybe did we did we did we sleep together? That would be an interesting question to also have yelled back across the street. <laughs> did we sleep together? Have we been intimate? I'm missing a T-shirt. Do you have it? Just just yelling things like that back to her. 
would have been interesting and fun, uh, perhaps. Uh, but no, I just I just slinked off, and I was like, oh man, like like actually being naked in front of someone that's like ultra personal. It's like super personal. Like now that's a thing between the two of you. That she's seen you naked. I might go to a college reunion and she may be like, hey, I saw you naked. And I'd like to think that I'm the type of man who nowadays, if that happened, I would go to her and I would say, hey, I've added some gray hairs. Would you like to see? Um, and with that, I leave you. Uh, it's been an hour. Thank you for listening to the Jack Michelle Hour. Um, and uh, I'll catch you next time. Peace.